blessed, empowered to prosper. Amen. Empowered to prosper. Do you feel like that? Can I tell you a secret? Even if you didn't, you are. Now, it's only two only two people got that, man. Even if you didn't feel like you were blessed, you are. God's word is true, whether you feel like it or you don't. His word is true. Amen. Amen. I, I, I tell you what, guys, I want us to to uh, not forget what we've been talking about for the last uh, couple of weeks. We've been talking about being thankful and being watchful. So we're not going to stop talking about being thankful and watchful, watchful. But I want to go back and get back to goals. Can I get back to goals for just a little bit? And so I want us to talk about it. You guys didn't forget that we we have those five things that we need to reach our goal. Does anybody remember any of those? I know I'm still putting you on the spot. Anybody remember an honest assessment? That's the very first thing I got to have to reach my goal It's an honest assessment of where I am. Take inventory of where I am. What's my starting location? Because if I don't know my starting location, I can't get where I need to go. The next thing is determination, right? I got to be determined because in between that honest assessment and where I'm going, there are going to be obstacles in the way of me trying to get to my end goal. How many of y'all realize that when you got to go, when you set a goal, you put your mind to, to changing how you eat, right? Saving money, any of those things, uh, serving God, reading your Bible, whatever it may be that you put and set as a goal, there are obstacles that come in and you must have determination. And then you must have focus. You got to have agreement. You got to get around people who are going in the same place that you're going. And then you got to be consistent no matter what comes your way. But I want to go back and I want to touch on this part of goal setting. That is determination, because uh, I, I hear so often obstacles that arise and people have excuses for those obstacles. Let's go to Philippians three and we're going to start in verse 12. We're just going to read 12 and 13. And I just want to touch this real quick and keep moving. It says here in Philippians 3, 12 and 13, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. But I count, excuse me, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before I want you to remember that here is Paul and we talked about this. I'm not going to go back through it. You go back and listen to uh, the message on goals. I just want you to see that twice Paul says here that here I am, honest assessment. This is where I am. I'm, I know I haven't reached the goal. All right. I, I'm still on my way. I'm still making it through. I'm still pressing. I'm still figuring things out. But I'm not allowing where I am, whether it's way behind or whether it's way ahead or where, wherever it may be or hadn't even started yet. I'm not going to allow where I am to stop me from moving forward. I told you that but was this. I, I hope you guys took notes last time, but I'll give it to you again. But is the place of change or transition that is filled with obstacles that must be overcome and not be filled with excuses. That's the that's the but in that in that statement that he's saying it is the place of change. It is where we are changing. It's the transition from the admission of my limitation to the declaration of my determination. OK, it is the, it is the place from between the, the admission of where I'm limited to the place of saying I am determined to reach my goal. That's important for us to understand. I want you to see that 
in every place that we go, with every person, with everyone, there are obstacles that are placed in our way. I, I want us to go to Genesis 1. Can we do that? Genesis 1 and 1. Go there real quick. So often we read it, we pass over, we brush over trying to get somewhere else. But God is actually showing us something in this. He's actually laying out everything that takes place in this one verse. He says it to us. He says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, in those two verses, God tells us everything that takes place in these next verses. See, most people have been debating. Let me let me just can I just talk a little bit? A lot of people have been debating now and they're saying, well, because God said in the beginning he created the heaven and the earth and then there was darkness and there was void, that there was some civilization, a uh, civilization that was before Adam and Eve. OK, and so there's a great debate about that, that there was a group of people here that lived on the earth prior to that. And then there was destruction. They're saying that it was when Satan fell like lightning to the earth, that there was destruction that came. But but can I be honest with you? That's not the way God works. And he hasn't done that in these verses. Number one, he starts in chapter one. He begins and he tells us the whole story. And then he goes on and he tells us more about it. Then he goes back again and tells you the story again. So he's just repeating it. So you get it. And in this beginning, let me show you what he's saying. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then darkness came in. Right. And it was without form and void because darkness came in because of sin. Isn't that what we see when Adam and Eve take of the forbidden fruit? Sin enters the earth. And he's saying this. He's saying that here is darkness that comes in and it causes everything to be out of whack. But the spirit of God moves. Isn't that what we see? The spirit of God comes upon Jesus and then he comes in on the scene. Are you guys with me? And so he's telling us this. And I wanted you. The reason why I told you this is because, listen, we know that everything God creates is good. If we look through those verses, the next set of verses, he starts to tell you that God saw what he did and it was good. And he saw the next thing he did and it was good. And the next thing that he did and it was good. God doesn't do anything that's not good. Everything that he does is good. And he's just laying out for us what his plan was. But he begins to go in and as he gives us detail, he's telling us more and more about obstacles that he faced on the way to his goal. Now, I know we don't like to think about God having obstacles, but we do have an adversary, the devil. And when it, as it pertains to not necessarily to God, let me make sure I make this clear, not necessarily God, but to men along the way. God's plan for men was that he would live in the garden in perfection. But man had they made a choice to mess it all up. Obstacle. That's now an obstacle for God having perfection in the garden. Matter of fact, he has to kick man out of the garden because man would have kept eating of the tree of life and lived in that perpetual state of fallenness. So he throws him out of the garden and or, or he pushes him out of the garden. I won't say he throws him out. That's a better way to say it. He tells them they need to leave because he loves them. And God has these obstacles. Guess what? He has obstacles all along the way. Do you remember that that the earth was so filled with sin that he had to flood it all? Obstacle. He's got obstacles, but he's still determined to bring you 
back to him. All along the way, he never finally said, you know what? Forget them all, man. He said, I'll keep Noah. I'll bring Noah through this because I have a plan. That is my determination to get these people back to being my sons and daughters. And so I want us to look at even Jesus. Let's go on to Jesus. And I want to look at a few obstacles that he faced. And I'm, I'm not going to actually read those scriptures. I want to get on somewhere else before so I can I won't take too much time because it's already late. But I want to just talk about Jesus. You guys go back and read Luke and you'll see these things. But the first obstacle that Jesus had to overcome in his life and he had to be determined to get through and not allow it to be an excuse was guess what? When his mother Mary, the virgin that she was, was in her house around 14 years old, she's in her house and an angel comes to her and he tells her, you're about to be pregnant with the son of God. And she's like, hey, how is this going to happen? Because I know biology and um, it doesn't happen without a man. What's going on here? Because I've never been with a man. And so God says, I know that's a little tough in church, but anyway, I'm going to say that's what the Bible says. That's what I'm just saying what the Bible says. And so here it is that she is there and the angel says, no, the child that you have will be of the father. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll be with child. And because of this, listen, there were many instances of uh, I'm sorry, young people that are in here, parents, you can cover your kids ears. But there are many instances of Roman soldiers taking advantage of young girls. There were many instances of young girls saying that they were they were virgins, but yet they had a boyfriend down the street. We know those still those things still happening today. Right. And so he has an obstacle. Jesus has an obstacle because the people in the town know about Mary being pregnant and not being married. Nobody knows who his father really is, but Mary. Matter of fact, as soon as she hears this, she runs off to go stay with her cousin. Doesn't that sound like how folks do anyway? She ran out to hang out with her cousin and she stayed there with her for three months. And then she came back and everybody like, how are we going to handle this? I know what you're saying, Mary, and I, I believe you, baby, but I ain't never seen this happen before. So they're in a situation where they don't know how to deal with this. And matter of fact, the man that she was engaged to was getting ready to be kind and just put her away. Say, no, you know, we'll break up the engagement silent. We won't tell everybody until God speaks to her and lets him know that this is really God's child. So now Mary Joseph, Elizabeth, these are the only people who really know where Jesus came from. So Jesus has this obstacle now of, is he the child of fornication? Or is he the son of God? He has this obstacle. The next thing is, is that the, the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem, in the city of David, 
And here is the circumstances that push because Joseph is one of the, uh, the, the lineage of David. He because of a census that's given, he has to go to Bethlehem. But it so happens that he doesn't get there with a midwife. He doesn't get there in a hotel or inn. He winds up having to be in a stable where nobody knows that he's being born. The only people that know he's being born besides his parents are the shepherds who come and they're already the people that nobody believes anyway. So now he has another obstacle to overcome and that's his place of birth. Does is he the Messiah? Because all we know about him is that he's from Nazareth. And there are no prophets that come from Nazareth. Right. So another obstacle. Next thing is, is that he has two more. I'll put these together. One, he's not educated in the church, the temple. He's a carpenter by trade. Not one who's going to learn the scriptures. But then also, he's a person that people know because he's come and done work around town. Isn't this Mary and Joseph's boy? Isn't he the carpenter that came? He's got another obstacle to overcome, but he's still determined to keep going. Why is pastor talking about these obstacles? Because I want you to understand, guys, that you having an obstacle in your path to getting where you're going is not something that's new. It's not something that God has not seen before. It is a part of what everyone has to endure on their journey to where they're going. But the obstacle that gets me the most, and this is the one I want to kind of camp on for just a minute, is this one right here. Is the fact that he was not what everyone expected. That's the one that I want to hang out with because everyone expected the Messiah to come shining bright with king robes and all this stuff and hanging out with the kings and doing all of these great things. But he was the one who came in and hung out with the people who other people thought were worthless. He didn't want to spend all his time in the temple and putting on the phylacteries, those are those big things to say how many scriptures they knew. He wasn't the one to make long prayers in the in the middle of the marketplace. He was the one who was calling people out to a desert place and saying, hey, let me tell you about kingdom. Now, I want to tell you how much the father loves you. He's not giving you more rules. He's brought grace. And so he wasn't what they expected. I want to I want to go back to can we go to uh, Exodus 16? We're going to read verse two and then 14 through 16. Exodus. What I tell you. Exodus 16. Exodus 16, we're going to read verse two. And then we're going to jump over and we're going to read 14 through 16. It says in the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness That's verse two. Now, remember, this is them leaving. This is them leaving Egypt. And now they're in the wilderness. They've gone through the Red Sea. Wow. Right. They've seen what what happened to Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. 
Did you know that also they came out no longer those those slaves that came out who had nothing came out with much wealth? But yet an obstacle for them was their bellies. And this is what they're murmuring and complaining about is that they hungry. Right? Not hungry, they hungry. Because they mad. And so God tells them, he says, look, he tells Moses, he says, listen, I'm going to send them quail, so much quail that they're going to be sick of it. I'm going to send it to them in droves, man. And I'm going to feed them with meat because that's what they want. But I'm also going to give them bread. And here's what he's talking about here in, in 14. And when the dew, this is how it went. And when the dew that lay was going up after the dew left, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing as small as a hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, that's a bad interpret, bad, bad translation. It is manna. No, they, they just said manna. Because manna means what is this? They'd never seen this before. And it says this for they wist not what it was. They didn't know what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather it every man according to his eating. And Omer for every man according to his number of the person of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And so the people gained the blessing that they had been asking for. But the blessing came in a way that made them go, what is this? How many times have we been asking God for something and there's another situation that arises and we go, why, God, is this happening? I asked for this. And we missed what he was sending. The people had no idea what manna was, what it tasted like, how to work it, what what it was all about. But they had been asking for something and they missed the blessing the same way that God sent Jesus. And many people missed him because they didn't see him because he wasn't what they expected. I want to say this to you. And this is very important for you to understand. It's, it's very important for you to understand. Go to James uh, 1 first. Let's read that. James 1. We'll read 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. They probably already got it back there. Oh, they don't. James 1, 2 through 4, it says this, and I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this. This is important for us to see. Although we may not understand, we may not see or, or get why it comes this way. God says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or testings or trials or obstacles. Listen. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What is patience, everyone? Consistency. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. This is important for you to see. 
that God is trying to get you to the point where you understand that even in the midst of your obstacles, he's developing something in you for your good. Romans 8, 28 says what? And we know that all things work together for good. Right. That God is working things together for your good. Although there are obstacles that come in your way, God is for you, not against you. He's trying to build in you the ability to stay determined to reach your goal because you're right at the end. And yet, because you miss it, it causes you to do like the children of Israel did. What did they do? When they reached the obstacle of seeing the promised land and the giants that were in the promised land, they forgot about the grapes that were big that they had to carry between two pole or two people. They forgot about that. All they saw was obstacle and they wandered around for 40 years. I'm almost finished. I want you to remember this. And this is something simple. What God, what, what people plan to hurt you, God is using. Remember that what others planned to hurt you, God is trying to use it to get you to where you are lacking nothing. But you can't succumb to the obstacle. You can't begin to make excuses for the obstacles. You have to begin or you have to continue to be determined to say, God, I see the end result going on there's more i wanted to say i'm not going to take the time to say it today we'll we'll talk about it another day i simply said all of this in determination to let you know that number one everyone faces obstacles you are not alone you are not the first open your mouth begin to declare like god did amen the second thing is that when god sends the answer Don't scoff at the answer because it doesn't come the way you thought it should. Okay, remember that story? I I, I think I tell you, you guys know this old joke. It, it, It goes that there was a man who was in a flood and he prayed and he asked God to save him. And God sent a police a police officer. Then when the waters rose, he sent a boat. And then after that, he sent another boat and then he sent a helicopter. And every time the man said, hey, look. God's going to save me. I pray that God's going to save me. Keep going. And then he died and got to heaven. And God said, I sent you a police officer, two boats and a helicopter. What else am I supposed to do? That's the understanding. So often we miss it because it doesn't come the way we thought it should. We're looking for, listen, we're looking for God to take care of a financial issue. And we want him to rain money from heaven. That's really how we want it to happen. But instead, he gives you the opportunity and he says this. Hey, guess what, sir? There's a day for you to work overtime. We don't like to hear that because what we want is for God to do it without any effort on our part. And God says, I gave you the opportunity to work overtime. 
to cover the spread of what you needed. But yet you were expecting something else. So you turned down the overtime. Right. And there are many, many, many more ways that God is giving us opportunities. But because it doesn't come the way we've said in our mind, it has to happen. We push it away. And we wind up settling with excuses. Well, I guess that this is where we get. I, I, I guess that it was God's will that I stayed sick. I guess that it was God's will that I didn't have it. But when God promises you something, it's yours. Are you with me? I, I, I mean, I, I, I have to say this again, guys. Don't miss what I'm saying to you. Because tomorrow when you go out and things, they, things become rough or difficult, and you're in a position where you're just feeling like you're so overwhelmed and you want to cave in and quit, that's the main time when you're supposed to stay determined knowing that this is an opportunity that God is using to promote you. Amen. Can you see that? Can you see that? Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. That this word didn't fall on deaf ears. But it fell on fertile ground. Father. That father, all the situations that arise that cause us to to feel weary and alone and left out and, 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 and like things aren't working our way. These are situations that you're using to draw us to you. These are situations that you're using to promote us. The things that, that we are looking at that cause us to, to, to be weary, let us change how we perceive them and say, God, you know, and we trust you. We'll do it your way, no matter what it seems like. You're faithful, God. Every head bow, every eye closed. Not only for the people who are in the room today, but also the people who are listening to this at a later time. I want us just to set our hearts on Jesus. Just take a minute to just focus on Jesus, nothing more. And say, thank you, Father. Come on, say that with me. Come on, thank you, Father. For helping me, strengthening me, giving me the determination to overcome all obstacles that are in my way. I don't quit. I don't become weary. But I stand strong. Father, rejoice me, strengthen me, moment by moment, day by day, in Jesus' name. But still with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I've been allowing things to, to sidetrack. I've been allowing so many things to cause me to, to declare wrong things. To open my mouth to say negative things instead of saying what God is. If you're here today and you say, hey, that's me, but I'm changing that today. This is my declaration. I want you to stand to your feet. Don't be afraid. If that's you, I want you to stand up and say, I'm declaring today. Amen. Amen. I'm declaring today that I'm determined to go on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I know there are more. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Keep keep on getting up. Keep on getting up. Hallelujah. There are a few more people. Yeah, there you go. Boldness. Amen. 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 There are a handful more to say. This is this is the turning point. This is my act of faith that says I am determined to follow you. No matter what it looks like, no matter what obstacle is thrown at me, I'm just going to use them to promote me, to, 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 to propel me to the end place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it was more. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I, I thank you for each person that's standing, Father God. We connect our faith with theirs, Father God. I thank you that today... Today is the day that there's no turning back. There's no going back. This is a day that they will say they will rejoice in every situation. They will count it all joy in every situation, Father God, and they will go and reach the distance and reach the goal that you have planned for each one of their lives. And they will do it with joy and gladness, Father God. And others will see that. And they will be like, how do you have joy in the midst of this? And you'll say, I don't even realize I'm in the midst of anything anymore. I'm just praising and giving glory to my God. Thank you, Father, for that being done in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Just one more. One more. I hear you, Father. And it may not be for anyone that's in, the, in this room now, but it may be for someone who's listening later. See, God's standard for every person that he said he said is it is perfection. But because of sin, all of us miss that standard. We all fail. We all fall short of that. But you didn't leave us there. Your great love, your determination to overcome all the obstacle of sin. You sent your son, Jesus, and he persevered through everything that was thrown at him. Every obstacle that came his way, he persevered. And he took on. All of the sin of the world, past, present and future. He took it upon himself. And all we have to do is make a choice that says, I receive what Christ Jesus has done. If that's you, I just want you just to say it in your heart. I receive what Christ Jesus has done. If you've done that. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There may be obstacles, but we talked about that. You're going to be determined to move past those. Father, I thank you for those who prayed that prayer that quick. I'm determined. I receive Jesus. Father, I pray that you would bless them. You would cause them to seek you, to know you, Father God. I thank you that they will reach the end goal that you have set for them. Life eternal with you, not separated from you, but with you. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.